Good morning and welcome to another day of Morning Fog with Dr. Mark and Liz. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? I am absolutely epic today and part of it is it's a beautiful day and part is because we have some really good friends and uh, colleagues who are aligned in vision and purpose. So uh, we'd like to introduce everyone to uh, Dr. Jeep and Vanessa who, like us, are aligned in helping married couples, particularly those who are truly under a lot of stress because one or both the couples are high performers, high achievers, and in high performing, high stress jobs. And that comes back and puts particular stresses on the relationship. So welcome, Dr. Jeep and Vanessa. Thanks for having us, Mark oh. and Liz. Oh, friends. It's just <laughs> so great to see you too. Just love it. Just love being with you and just love doing this with you. And, and hopefully your followers will get a lot out of this. I have no doubt that they will. We don't either. And by the way, you are our very first guest. Mark and I have been going this alone for the longest time. And, and after talking to you two, and we have something we're going to bring up at the end that we're very excited about that we're doing with you two, we realized that it was time to, to have you on as guests and to really just talk about what it is that, where we are both aligned, what it is that you do. So let's start with that. Why don't we talk just a little bit about, tell us about your journey, a little bit about your journey and how you two got to where you are today to create the business that you have best friends again. It's, it's a great question, Liz. And really it, it's, a, it's been a journey that's been fraught with some ups and downs, but it's, a, it's been great to where we are. Now, I was, I'm a physician. I was born into a physician family. Father was a physician. Grandfather was a physician, surrounded by physician friends growing up. So I, I had a rather large dose of what it was to be in a physician family and understand what it, what it was to be part of a physician marriage with the, with my dad and my mom. My dad, a phenomenal physician, just a really good, learned a tremendous amount from him. As a husband, he wasn't too good. And he is, or was the, a pretty, a pretty significant narcissist. He felt like you know, he was the cog that made the machine run in the family. Yes, that my mom had her part, but in his mind, it, it wasn't important as, as his. And he let her know about that regularly. Events were always dominated by him. And if if he felt like what she was saying was worthwhile... He would acknowledge it, but if not, he looked at it as disrespect. And uh, that disrespect that he felt was unwarranted would, on some occasions, lead for, for him to stray. And uh, that was just significantly hard on not only myself, but my, my other siblings, and especially my mother, who really never deserved that. So there were two things that I always knew that I wanted to do as a child. And one is that foremost, I wanted to be a doctor. And the second thing was that I wanted to be married. 
I, I believed in the institution. I thought, you know, everything that marriage represents was so positive. And so I wanted to do that, but I always knew that it could be done better, especially in the kind of a situation that that I was born into. Fast forward several years, and I'm in the midst of training in this extremely gorgeous gift from God <laughs> that was sent to me, who's sitting right here, you know, came into my life. And she had the, the same kind of attitude as myself. And, you know, we decided shortly after we were married that we were going to get trained as as marriage coaches, which we did. So we've been doing this for over 25 years, but really have always wanted to focus on this space with healthcare professionals, physicians, because of where I came from, that background, and because we have lived a healthcare professional marriage for, as of November 21st last year, 30 years. And it's, you know, we've been blessed and we want to share that to all of our colleagues out there. Sorry, I ran over, honey, but go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. I grew up in a very, very traditional Italian family, same type of structure, male dominating, toxic male. And, and I not really having a voice, of course, because I was female. And so, you know, I watched my parents interact with, with that patriarchal attitude and I dreamed about something better for me. Mm. And so the dream was there. It was just, you know, of course, finding someone that, that had the same attitude that I did and fast forward and we met each other and things kind of clicked. And, you know, they say that in marriage, I, I wanted a partner that would cater to my unmet needs from childhood. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be um, I wanted affection and we talked about that early on and I, I hit the jackpot with him. Absolutely. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, has the road been perfect? Yes. Abs <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Have we climbed mountains? Oh, uh, I think we've done Everest mm -hmm. and maybe a few of the other peaks as well. <laughs> But it's it's the attitude of communication. And of course, that's a really big word. Everybody says communication, 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 right? But how do you effectively do it without stepping on your partner's triggers and then ending up in conflict? It's kind of like what we do, what, what you do, Mark, what right. you do, Liz. It's not all by, you know, it's it's not by the book. There's an art to it. And it seems like in what we all do these days in society, there's there's a <laughs> there's not an art. Everybody wants it. Okay, where does it say this in the book? Or where does it say this and that? Well, yeah, that's important. But there's an art to being able to do that. And that's kind of one of the things that we teach in, in doing that. Yeah. So you know we're happy to be here you know dr jeep vanessa 
you're so right. And, you know, GP, you and I both know that in the practice of medicine, there is a certain amount of learning. There's a certain amount of technical skill that needs to go with the knowledge, but there's a lot of art and that, that really needs to be validated and understood. And communication, you're right, it's so important. One of the biggest problems, and this goes back quite a number of years, probably, quote unquote, you know, forever in reverse in memoriam, we don't know how to communicate. George Bernard Shaw famously said that uh, the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion it takes place. We, we think that when our lips and tongue are moving and words are coming out of our mouth, that we're actually communicating and, and we're not. And people have never been taught. So um, the foundation is non-existent. The components are all there, but no one's actually assembled them as a foundation. And without the foundation, you can't start to create an art. And that's- You're, ab you're absolutely right. I'm gonna steal that, Mark. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> stealing that. Um, That's great. Yeah, and in in physicians, right, and healthcare families, highly educated, high performing. You know, they've been in school for a very long time. They think they know how to communicate, right? Because they're very, very smart. But in the time of conflict. Family of origin styles come into the relationship. As well and as we, personality. Exactly. Yeah. And we carry that in. And we see that over and over and over again. And the thing is, is that people don't realize that. And right. you actually said it. You were smart enough to know, Vanessa, that you wanted in your partner to have somebody who was going to fill that gap of what you didn't have from childhood, most people don't realize that that's what they're seeking from with their partner. And yeah. the partner doesn't know. So there's this expectation put on each other Absolutely. that you don't even know is there. Right. And that's where conflict gets in the way. And we need clarity to really understand ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are exercises for that. And only what we can understand someone else and love them to the level that we understand and love ourselves. So where does the biggest challenge come when we're talking about healthcare workers, in particular doctors? So doctors tend to know a lot about everything and one of the most, and, and tend to have large egos as you need to, as you need to. Right. Uh, but what happens in relationships, if you don't have that awareness, yes, that you're, you're not necessarily because you have all that medical knowledge and you have all that education behind you and all that smarts mm -hmm. that you aren't necessarily naturally gifted in how to communicate with your spouse. It's amazing. It's such a phenomenal point. I cannot stress it. I cannot stress it enough what you just said, Liz. Yeah. As, as Mark knows, when we're in training, we're, um, we're, we're trained to be dysfunctional automatons. Can know? I jump in here? Yeah, go ahead. What I say is the process of training a person to practice medicine dehumanizes them. And we teach them how to be human 
again with their partner. And, and that's not to say that we as physicians or healthcare professionals aren't human. We are, right. but we're, we're taught that, you know, we have to push everything down. We can't be emotional in front of patients. We can't, you know, we, we can't be show that we're being empathetic because right. somehow that that is a, that that's weak. And that is something when I was in practice that I, I fought against that because I, you know, I wasn't going to let that happen to me, but you're bombarded by that kind of thinking. You're surrounded by it from the time that you're in medical school until you get done with training. And then when you're out of training, it's still there. It's, and the story with Jeep is, I would say the first 25 years of our marriage, I maybe saw him cry five times. Five. I mean, deaths, really heavy things that that I would have thought he would have cried about. But he would just say, I can't. I can't. It was like trained out of him. And so through working on, you know, to get in touch with those emotions, learned how to get it out, express it so that it's not internalized. And then, well, you guys can, you know, you docs can explain the internalization and what that does to our bodies. And, and Liz, you know, it's when you push that down, when you push that down, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to grab it. I'm going to pull it up consciousness and react how I want to react or how I think I should react it, it just doesn't happen that way and and it for for me and I, I think Mark you can speak to this as well it, it's a sometimes it's very infuriating because you 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 know that you want to be to be able to react but it's almost like there's a wall there that's saying ha ha I'm not letting this come up. Nope, I'm not. And then so you just sit there and it just creates a tremendous amount of frustration, which unfortunately carries over to your partner. Yeah, it's 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 learned. It's learning a different habit, right? The habit of just stuffing it down. And of course, the habit over time, you know, you take one step forward and incrementally change the habit. You know, it's it's interesting because you're a hundred percent correct, and it it is it's something that has a um, it, it's a malignant effect on us as individuals. And as I'm sitting there, I'm I'm also wondering how we sort of balance that in the practice, because I'm thinking about one day, I remember very quickly that repeated itself on numerous episodes across my career, where I would literally be leaving a room from someone who just coded, sliding into a malignant arrhythmia with septic shock on full pressors and, you know, a dozen different medications going to and needing to tell the family that they just died 
to mm -hmm. someone else that you're extubating and they're doing great and they're on their way up. So you go from the depth of, of the worst to the height of the best to the next room where someone just rolls in who needs to be intubated because they're in hypoxemic respiratory failure and the family is sitting there and you got to tell them what's going on. And if you languish in the, in the suffering and the loss and the tears of a human life at the beginning, you don't show up well for the people who are, you know, exuberant and they should be. And then you're back down somewhere in the middle at like a minus five and you know you're you're working on that so you go from extremes all day yeah. and th there needs to be some understanding and this is probably where our psychology friends need to to help in how we actually do this because you know um we we send men and women to war and they see ungodly things and they come back with them it's it's not pretty until we don't have any more wars we will see that but at the same time, is there a way to prepare people, physicians in this case, to be able to be human and also to be able to, to sort of go from, from one extreme to the other? Because you're right, what we do is we wind up simply bottling it. And Right, and what does that create? That creates that moral injury. You mm. don't get to be human as you said earlier Vanessa and and you are human and right. what a whatever crazy thing that is and so a lot of what happens to doctors is in a sense now we're noticing similar what happens to soldiers is that you have that moral injury which leads to the burnout which leads to that PTSD and what does that do that completely impacts not just your your career and how you're showing up at work but it it completely impacts your relationships at home i mean some of the stories mark that you told that when you would get home that just trying to fix things like you would, would in an OR with your, with Wendy. And that didn't go over very well because mm. she, you know, it's, you can't bring it home yet. Where do you bring it? As you said, Dr. Jeep, you don't want to, if you keep stuffing it and stuffing it and stuffing it, eventually you're going to explode or just die. And you said a key word there that I'm guilty of. And Vanessa reminds me on occasion, is it, you know, we're trained to fix things. Mm -hmm. We think we can fix people and we think because of our egos it, and unfortunately to get through the training that we go through, you have to have an ego that says, I, yeah, I can do this. And, and unfortunately, some of our colleagues take it to a, an extreme, but in general, we, we have to have that. And so you, when you have that, it's like, I can fix myself or we're not willing to say to ourselves, you know, this is an issue that I need help with. And so to think that, unfortunately, in too many cases that we can help ourselves is just wrong in the consequences are very unfortunate. And so you see the the divorce rate and such skyrocket. Yeah. And, and it seems like asking for help seems like you're failing, right? The docs think they're failing and it's not a failure. Actually, it's very, very courageous. Mm -hmm. 
being vulnerable is an incredible strength and people look at it as weakness. And, you know, what we've seen, and uh, I, I would believe that you've seen similar type things is that one of two things happen. Either the physician is in a position that they believe they can heal themselves and they really can't. Some can, but it's challenging. Or what happens with the chronic unremitting they start to bring stress and strain to the relationship as they get further down. And as Liz pointed out, the moral injury of the, of the system level insults, the organizational level insults, they, along with the chronic stress, start to, to take uh, their toll on individuals and uh, burnout ensues. And whether it's just in the stress, whether it's in the burnout, or whether it's toward the very end of burnout, where they really start to lose themselves and they, they either turn to, to substance use or to mm -hmm. suicide. Mm -hmm. the, the thing they need most is their spouse. The thing they need most is that, is that anchor, that pillar, that something to keep them solid and to be able to reach out in the midst of those, those you know, heavy nor'easter storms to able to survive to be able to guide themselves to retract themselves and because of the strain that's been put on the relationships many times that spouse is no longer there in the way that they really need so when they so, need the most they're not so why are we here today now we're going to get to why we're here today and why we're super excited about this we've had the four of us has been have been discussing about this helping people navigate their relationships so they have healthier, happier relationships is a passion for all four of us. So we have a upcoming workshop that, or sorry, webinar that we're doing on May 1st at noon, and it's called Navigating the Complexities of Moral Injury in Relationships. And it is a journey of clarity and understanding. And that is our passion. So we came together with what you guys do and you could talk a little bit about your part in it. And then we'll talk a little bit about what our part is and, and just why we're, and why we think that this is so important right now. It's, it's so vitally important. We're, we're just so happy to, you know, to partner with, with you guys on this. We think what, what we're going to present is just going to be an awesome subject to talk about. It's going to be very educational. Things that are going to be learned and talked about that probably never particular, particularly got into, especially people in healthcare, into their minds. But it's going to put these things there to increase awareness. Plant, and Plant the seeds. Exactly. And, you know, we're, we're going to get into that from a relationship point of view yeah. about understanding how moral injury affects our relationship and in how our backgrounds of prior possibly prior relationships how we've been brought up ethnic cultural play, that play in as well as go ahead as well as talking about how we navigated mount everest Mm -hmm. and how we stayed together through the challenges of working in the medical environment. And that's going to be huge. That's really going to be huge because having that personal 
touch to what we're doing gives people hope. I mean, the whole thing is we want to not, we, we can't solve everybody's problems in, you know, 45 minutes, but we can certainly offer some strategies and some hope that relationships for people who are frontline workers, who are people who are navigating just life and death on a daily basis, mm -hmm. uh, how they can really start to focus on their relationships at home and have that healthier, happier, more fulfilling space to go home to rather than, you know, bringing all that stress that they're carrying all the time and just bringing it to their home life and, and having it destroy their relationship. So your story is going to be huge. It's not yeah. only, it's not what we desire, but it's what we deserve. Mm. We, we all really, really do. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, it happens every night, man. <laughs> it, it, it is true. And, and, you know, it is not just the physician who's welcome. Certainly the, the spouse. Sometimes it's a two-physician family. Absolutely. Sometimes it's one. And the physician may not even think that they need that help, but the spouse realizes it. And there will be Absolutely. some good seeds in there, some good ideas and strategies of things to bring to the relationship and start to bring to the uh, the spouse to help them. And uh, again, it's not only for physicians. We're focusing on physicians because Dr. Jeep and myself are, are both uh, physicians, but you know there are many people who are true high performers, work in stressful fields, and uh, it is it's actually probably innumerable fields, dentists, vets, executives, attorneys. So if you believe that you're in a relationship where one or both of you is a high performing, high achieving individual, and you're having some stress and strain, start to create friction in your, uh, in your marriage, then this short 45 minute time will be, uh, will be very valuable to you. Folks, this has been a labor of love in the four of us are doing, and please tune in when this comes. You absolutely will not regret it at, at all. Yeah, we're well, really excited. So thank you guys so much for being on today. We look forward to continuing our conversations with you. We're, chances are we're going to have you back many times because there's just so much to talk about on this topic. But for anybody who's listening, again, the webinar is Monday, May 1st at noon Eastern time. So tune in and uh, look for some stuff out there, some marketing material that we're going to be putting out there so you can register and uh, we'll see we'll you also, We'll also put links to Dr. Jeep and Vanessa's best friends again, as well as to, uh, to our website in the description of this podcast and with each uh, social media post. In the meantime, until we uh, all get together again. Jeep, Vanessa, Liz, have an absolutely wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks for having us so much. You bet. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye.